welcome to my podcast. Today, I will talk about discrimination against Latino students in the education system. I wanted to shine light on this topic because I find it intriguing to know that the mistakes committed in the past somehow influence the mistakes happening now. How could the education system allow for this to happen? What are we as a society ignoring? What can we do better? Those are questions that cross my mind at some point. To give a quick overview, I will be talking about segregation of Mexican children, the Mendez versus Westminster School District, and how although there's no more segregation, Latino students are still being discriminated against. And finally, how we can move forward and prevent more mistakes from happening. Segregation was being used on a national scale. Until 1947, Mexican children were expected to attend a Mexican school, and if there were any exceptions, it was few. In Orange County, schools within larger districts segregated Mexican children. By the mid-30s, 80% of Mexican children were attending segregated schools. The purpose of segregation against these students was to Americanize the children and to train them for occupations open just for Mexicans. Mexicans were seen as inferior intellectually, socially, economically, culturally, morally, and physically. It didn't matter if they were U.S. born. They were seen as aliens who were meant to work in low-paid occupations. The first form of segregation to happen was setting up a Mexican classroom where both boys and girls were to study manual training. The boys were engaged in gardening, bootmaking, blacksmithing, and carpentry, whereas the girls were working on sewing and homemaking. At this point, segregation was also happening within the different sexes, as if each sex had a narrow range of abilities, interests, and economic functions to perform. In 1913, the superintendent suggested that the separate room arrangement should be maintained in separate school. By 1918, segregation was in full swing. Children weren't the, o- the only target. Adults were also the focus of Americanization. Night schools were available for these adults, in which family structure and cultural traditions were being taught. For nearly two generations, segregation continued, until it was ended by the Ninth District Court decision on a suit brought by parents whose children were in segregated schools in Westminster, Orange and Modena, Santa Ana, all located in Orange County. In 1945, Gonzalo and Felicitas Mendez moved their family from Santa Ana to Westminster. When Gonzalo had asked his sister to enroll his children to a nearby school, since she was already on her way to enroll her own children, the school authorities told her that her children were able to enroll since they were light-skinned and their last name didn't sound Mexican. Whereas Gonzalo's children weren't able to enroll because they were brown and had a Mexican last name. Mendez had become a U.S. citizen. His wife was, his wife was a American citizen and his three children were born in the United States and spoke perfect English. Mendez, who was obviously furious, 
decided to consult with an LA attorney. The attorney informed Mendez that the California did not have a state law that required separate schools for Mexican-American children. The attorney also told Mendez that the case would be more persuasive if he could prove other schools were going through the same thing and many families were from other districts were quick to join Mendez. On March 2nd, 1945, Marcus Gonzalo's attorney filed a lawsuit in the federal district court in Los Angeles, California. On July 5th, 1945, the second week trial commenced before federal court judge Paul J. McCormick, where there were no juries selected, which meant that the judge ruled all matters of fact and law. On February 8th, 1946, Judge McCormick declared, The equal protection of the laws pertaining to the public school system in California is not provided by furnishing in separate schools the same technical facilities, textbooks, and courses of instruction to children of Mexican ancestry (coughs) that are available to the other public school children regardless of their ancestry. A paramount in the American system of public education and social equality. It must be open to all children by the Unified School Association regardless of lineage. It is important to acknowledge that the parents involved in the Mendes lawsuit and how they challenged the racist education system through the courts to better the lives of their children and all other children. Now, I wanted to talk about Mexican students who are still being discriminated against because of their race. Mexican children entering school systems that are entirely European-American and African-American children are experiencing ethnic discrimination at the peer and school levels. Latino students are discriminated against by teachers and peers based on language and immigration status. First and second generation Latino students stated, that teachers have low expectations of them, assume their English is poor, are stereotyped as troublemakers, and are invisible to their teacher. This leads Latino students to have negative attitudes about school and have lower academic performances. Schools that highlight the importance of multiculturalism and have teachers who value diversity will make students feel supported in their academic goals and they are more likely to maintain positive academic attitudes. How to move forward is something I've always thought about. We know the mistakes committed in the past, and just because we don't commit the same mistakes now doesn't mean society creates new ones. Like I've stated, there is no more segregation against Latino students because we have learned from the past, yet here we are discussing a new issue, discrimination against both Latino students. Now we have to think about how to fix this issue and prevent from creating a new issue, and so on. Agency guidelines can inform school districts' voluntary attempts to use race to promote diversity and integration through school assignment policies. In September 2018, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut introduced the Strength and Diversity Act, stating, 
competitive grants uh, for the development or implementation of plans to improve diversity or eliminate socioeconomic or racial isolation in schools. A handful of other school districts too are once again revisiting their school boundaries in interest of promoting diversity and avoiding segregation. We need to do our best to fix the issue going on now in order to prevent committing the mistake from the past.